Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's, uh, are you ready for, for tonight? We'll continue with our Wisdom for Living series. Okay, and um, I believe that the Wisdom for Living series um, is helping you all to um, build your lives for effectiveness. And um, I'll start talking about this every till next month on Wednesday for the whole of Wednesday in August we're going to have uh, I don't know what we're going to call it but we're going to have either Family Wednesday, Interactive Wednesday I don't know there's a name for it, I'm not sure what the name is but all the Wednesdays in August um, we will all come together and we will share the things we've been learning together over the years over the, the last months so um, we wouldn't have specific teachings, but everybody will share the things they have been learning. So make sure you go over your notes. If you like, decide not to show up. Uh, choices have consequences. Praise God. But we, we're going to have a good time. All the Wednesdays in August, we're going to have a good time. So make sure you are well ready for that. Then if you have any question regarding all the things we're teaching, um, on this series, write them down The first Wednesday I'll take all the questions On wisdom for living So today we're going to look at priorities Let's pray Let's get into the word Father thank you because I'm anointed to teach Thank you because your people are anointed to receive And together our faith is built up In the knowledge of the person of Jesus I pray that light and understanding Will come forth in and through your word in Jesus' mighty name. Did I hear amen? amen. Alright. I, I want to start with Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 3. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 3. Uh, I want to use that as a foundation on why wisdom for living is very essential. And I want to plead with you to take the things we're teaching not only seriously but apply them okay apply them put them to work in your life they would change your life proverbs 19 verse 3 says the foolishness of a man ruins his ways and his heart rages against the lord the New Living Translation puts it this way. It says, People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. I want you to think very deeply on this verse. People ruin their lives their own lives or their lives by their own foolishness and then they are angry at the Lord. Some translation says that people ruin their lives by their own stupidity and then blame it all on God. So, the direction of your life is largely dependent on the choices you would make. The way your life would turn out. How you would end your life. And so, the things we are teaching are to help you make very important decisions about your life. So that tomorrow you would not live in regrets and trying to catch up with time. Or trying to, you know, and that's why today's topic is very important. We're talking about priorities. Priorities. And we say first things first. 
What is a priority? What can we say is a priority? First of all, a priority is a thing that is regarded as more important than others. So, a priority is what is regarded as more important than others. That means, if you have several things, the one you bring to the top, that's the one that is um, a priority to you. Or, the right of precedence over others. The right of precedence over others. If you did um, economics in school, they'll tell you something about the scale of preference. How many of you did that? Okay. How many of you have heard of the scale of preference? Alright. So that's what it means. The scale of preference simply means you put something first to be done before others. Uh, number three, something giving specified attention. So, if I say, for instance, something is my priority, it should be given specified attention. I'm not against praying. I believe that the, the child of God should pray and spend a lot of time in prayers. And I've taught you several series on prayers. But I, I see something going on that I'm not very comfortable with, and that is people... People spend their time, a lot of their times, in prayers and they are missing the basic essentials that would help them make progress in life. And I don't want to raise you guys like that. I want people who are um, very prayerful and yet very functional in their life. Very prayerful and very functional in their life. And I don't want that scripture to happen to you. Proverbs 19.3. Don't forget that scripture. It says people ruin their lives by their own foolishness. And what do they do at the end of the day? They blame what? I didn't hear you. They do what? They blame God. You know some people don't blame God. Who do they blame? They blame others. Let me tell you this. There is no amount of blame you put on someone else that will repair your life. Write that down. Write it down. Write it in personal terms. Write it this way. There is no amount of blame. I, <laughs> as if you are swearing affidavit, you can put your native name there. There is no amount of blame I put on others that would repair my life. Your father refused to train you. Listen, if you tell that same story to one million people, it will not give you admission. Do you understand that? Oh, your father was a very wicked man. Your father was weak. In fact, if the devil were to hand over to someone... It would hand over to your father. Yes, we'll agree. It will not change your life. Rather, the reputation of blame would ruin your life. If you constantly repeat those statements of blame and blame, what will happen is you would disempower yourself to see the future. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't ever blame anyone who refused to help you. They are not the reason you're where you are. Rather, make a decision from today that you will take responsibility for your life. And by the help of the Holy Spirit, you would make something out of your life. You know, it's very funny. Very funny. Sometimes I can make some very weird decisions. But it's very funny. One day I sat down. And I said. Let's assume that my parents are dead. How will I live? And since that day. That's how I chose to live my life. I'm grateful my parents are alive. I sat down and I told myself, if my father was not the founder of this church, how hard will I work to be a pastor in this church? 
And not many people know my father is the founder of the church. Even if people have given you opportunities in life, why don't you leave with a sense of responsibility and see those opportunities as an added advantage to make progress in life? Priorities. The Webster Dictionary says to prioritize means to organize things so that the most important thing is done or dealt with first. Organizing your life in such a way that the most important thing is done first. The reason some of us are where we are today is the lack of priority. We don't know how to prioritize things. I've always said this, especially to single people. Now you are at home. You would go home. There's nobody to... I mean, if we close right now, you see all the married women trying to jump on the bus quickly. Right? Why do they want to get home quickly? They have to cook for their husbands. They have to cook for children. They have to prepare the children for school tomorrow. You, you can even decide that you are not going. Your landlord won't even know that uh, somebody has not come home. Right? You have that time. What do you prioritize? Some people would rather invest all that time in relationships. And thank God that things are cheaper now. In those days, you had midnight calls. Hmm? Human beings will sleep from 7 and wake up around 11. Because midnight call was cheaper from 12. Whether it was free or I don't know. Uh, it was free. I, I see all of them. <laughs> you see how they bore witness to the fact. Uh, they will now do midnight call from 12 to 3 and 4. And go to work the next day with red eyes. That's priority also. So prioritize means you choose one task over another based on the importance or value of that task. You choose one task over the other based on what? The importance of that task. I want to plead with you. By the time we're done this month, Make sure you get all these messages and listen to them again. Especially this Wisdom for Living 101. Get them again and listen to them again. And practice everything that we're teaching. A man who would be great would prioritize preparation over manifestation. If you want to be great, you will prioritize your preparation over your manifestation. You will prioritize your preparation over trying to get there. Putting something first based on the value or the importance. Two things I want you to write down. Number one, write this down please. Make sure you're writing it down. Number one, to change your life, you need to change your priorities. To change your life, you would have to do what? Change your priorities. To change your life, you have to change your priorities. That means what you do first has to change. To change my life, I have to change my priorities. Number two, write this down. The first step to success is knowing your priorities. The first step to success is knowing your priorities. What is your priorities? What is your priority as an individual? And like I was talking about single people, uh, at every phase of your life, there should be priorities. When I was in the university, I was committed to campus fellowships, you know, um, then they had these many things coming up, right? Be in this department, join this department, join that department, and all of that. And even though I was committed, it was looking like I wasn't serious. So my campus fellowship came to my hostel one time, came to my room, was talking and talking and talking. And I said, yeah, but I'm committed. I'm, I'm committed here. He says, no, you can do more. And I said, see, 
my father sent me to school. And he sent me to school to spend four years. I know the kind of home I came from. Anything above these four years, I might be responsible to train myself. So, even though I am committed in the campus fellowship, the primary reason why my father sent me to school is to graduate and come home with a certificate. That's prioritizing in that, because if my father wanted me to become a pastor, he would have sent me to a Bible school. But I was sent to a secular school. So his expectation is that I would graduate and come home with a certificate. Some of them didn't listen to that wisdom. And then they went ahead and had spills and had extra year in school. And by the time you have extra year in school and you're the pastor of the campus fellowship, what else do you want to preach to people? This phase of your life, what should be your priority? For instance, you've got your children, and we talk about this all the time. Your children will stay with you after secondary school. They are gone. Why don't you invest that moment with them? It's not that they have gone to secondary school. You start praying acidic prayers at home. They are there, and you have high blood pressure at home. There were times they stayed with you. Why don't you prioritize pouring into their life for that moment? What is your priority right now? Some of us ought to focus on building our business. But we're, we're doing many things. The business we haven't built. The other things we're not efficient on. The man who will be successful would be a master of few things. Write that down. A man who would be successful would learn to master few things in life. Few things. Be committed to few things. Most of you are very intelligent, very talented, very bright. But the only reason you have not excelled is you are scattered. You do everything. No one has been celebrated who excelled at many things. Either from football to fashion to anything. Anybody, there is nobody who has said, why are you giving this person an award? He said, ah, the man is very good. He has, he has six things. He's a baker. He's, he's a dancer. We can even break Kanye. And then he's a pastor. Nobody, nobody rewards people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, I'm sharing my heart with you in this series. I'm literally pouring my heart to you. Get the areas that God needs you to focus on and make a commitment to pour your life into those areas and stay there. It, the success might not happen in the first year. It might not happen in the second year, but stay there. Are you still here? I can hear you. Are you still here? Alright. Certain things in life, certain things are limited in life. And you have to recognize this. Certain things are limited in life. You have to recognize this. Number one, time. Time is limited. So Ephesians chapter 5 and verse, 18, uh, verse 16 says that we should redeem the time for the days are evil. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16. But I like the way, I'm going to talk about this, I think on Wednesday, on opportunities. If you read the New American Standard Bible, I like the way it put it. Ephesians 5.16, please. Can we read from verse 15? Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15. Look at what it says. It says, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. Not as unwise men, but as wise. There's a, he says, then it's the, when he says, be careful how you work, not as unwise men, but as wise, then he tries to define that. He says, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. The translation says, redeeming the time. What does it mean to redeem? It says, buy back time. The days are evil. One of the li limited resources we have in life is time. Colossians 4, 5. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5. Conduct yourself with wisdom 
towards outsiders. Making the most of the opportunity. Or making the most of time. Or redeeming the time. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1. Oh, I love this, this scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 1. You know, I like this scripture. It's a scripture that when they read to you when you are young, it doesn't make meaning. When you are old, it will make all the meaning. Look at what it says. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come, and years draw near when you would say, I have no delight in them. Huh? You know, when you are young, you want everything. You're everywhere. The day will come. You realize that the very things you're pressurizing yourself for, just by longevity, just by living long, you would have no pleasure in those things anymore. Praise God. Yeah. You know, it happens like that. Especially, you know, for younger people. When you say, oh, keep yourself, esteem yourself, say, no, no, no. And then you now get married. And then your husband places demand on you. Then you start having headaches, from headaches to stomach pain. There's always one excuse after another. Look at what he says. You have no delight in them. Hmm? You know, when you are um, young, Ah, I can't wait to have my children. I can't wait to have my children. You know, uh, especially sometimes ladies, they would buy dolls all around them. Six. Name them. All kinds of names. Hmm? You carry baby dolls. Ah, I can't wait. Oh, my children. Oh, my husband. Oh, oh, all the time. And then they, they are married now. The children are there. Maybe four or five. Huh? Husband is there. This one says he wants to drink curry. That one says he wants to eat beans. This one, they say, what is it? What you people want to kill me? No, no, they don't. Those are children for you. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? These things are not. I'm not saying them in a bad way or in a negative way or to scare you. I'm just telling you that that thing you're so much in a hurry to get, as you leave, you would realize. That by nature, there will be no pleasure in it. Hmm? Have you ever bought a new phone? Have you, how many of you have bought a new phone? I know some of you feel that second hand lasts longer. So I'm not talking to, to that generation. Yeah, that generation which was anything they want, they go for the second You have to renew your mind where that is concerned. Alright? You know, they'll say new ones, say, give me the second hand. You know, so, but... You know when you buy a new phone, you keep the carton. If anybody's going around it, you would scare them. Huh? After a while, you just throw the phone on the bed. What's happening? By longevity, that desire is gone. So it says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Prioritize knowing God when you are young. Prioritize the word of God when you are young. Prioritize the things of God when you are young. Because everything else we are pursuing, when we get older, we would say we have no delight in them. Time. Look at this. Time can only be spent. Time can only be spent... It cannot be stored or saved. You cannot store time. Hmm? You cannot, in a way, save it up. You cannot save time today to use tomorrow. Can you do that? No, you can't. Can you store up time? No, you can't. You can only do what? I didn't hear you. You can only do what? Spend time or do what? Waste time. Please pay attention to this. You can only waste time or you can spend time. You cannot save it. You cannot save it. You cannot store it. 
The same 24 hours you have that you are wasting is the same 24 hours somebody else has that is making them better. I want you to begin to appreciate your time. You know, I was thinking some few days and I told myself, listen, I think I told Samuel about it. I just told, I just told myself, you know what? At this stage of my life, there are certain things I can't commit my time to. If I can pay somebody to do them, yes, they will do them. But I can't, I can't put my time there any longer. Because you just stay and you watch. You're trusting God for long life. But you practically just sit and you watch life going. You watch life making progress. Yeah? You watch life just going. Your time. The Bible says, buy back your time. Redeem your time. Everything you are ever going to become in life would be what you use your time for. For instance, Alex, right? Alex is your name, right? Okay. For instance, for, in, for instance, if I said, in the next nine years, eight years, I want him to become a doctor. What I'm actually saying is that for the next eight years, Alex will have to go to class, right? And study medicine. And if he gives his time to study medicine, by eight years, he will become a doctor. Do we agree on that? What about if Alex decides that, well, to go to school every day, he is tired. That he rather wants to be going to the, to the motor park to, to, to discuss sports. You know, by the time he is eight years, they will call him Chemo. You know why they will call him Chemo? Huh? You know why they will do that? Because he has invested eight years of his time consistently going to the park, understanding tickets, learning vehicle numbers. In fact, you know, he can even close his eyes once a car drives in. He will say, that is, that is Brother Brown's car. <laughs> What's his number? He say, no, it's AAKJ. <laughs> he will know. So, because he has invested his time on that, after eight years, he has become someone else. Not a doctor, but somebody else. The question I want to ask you this evening is, what are you committing your time to? And in the next five years, who would you become? Would you become someone who wasted time or you will become someone who put his time to good use? Twelve months from now, what would be the product of the use of your time? Don't misuse your time and blame God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on church, are you with me? Don't misuse your time and blame God. Time can only be spent, underspent, bracket, wasted or invested. It cannot be stored or saved. You can't store time. The time you don't use for a good purpose today, you will not be able to use it tomorrow. The next thing is money. Although money can be replaced, but it comes with hard work. And it comes with also how you use time. These are limited resources. We don't have money in an unlimited fashion. But most importantly, I want to focus on time. Because when we talk about priorities, we're talking about time. My, my, my prayer and my heart desire for every one of you that God has given me the privilege to pastor is that you will take this message seriously and they would remarkably turn your paths and your life around. It is not hard to be someone in life if you put in the discipline. It's not difficult. It's not even, see, let me tell you something. It's not difficult to change your life. All you have to do to change your life is to make a decision tonight and tell yourself, I want to live a different life. That's all you have to do. Praise God. You know, let me tell you this. When I went to school, I was one of the best graduate students in my department. When I went to school from day one, I said, I would graduate one of the best students from this department. It was a decision I made. Nobody stumbles on greatness. You have to decide. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You gain admission. You now tell yourself, I want to be one of the best students from this department. Then you now ask yourself, what are the requirements? 
Of course, if you want to be the best student in your school, you don't have to be turning in your assignments late. Hmm? I would have 80. I would be angry. I'll 80. I'll be until. And maybe that thing still follows me till tomorrow because all the schools that I still go to today, when I come beyond a specific mark, I get very upset. I would have 80. I would be upset. There will be people who would have 60 as a Mary Kiddie subject. We kill it. 60. 60. Why are they not angered by the same marks that I have? They don't have a desire to graduate as the best student in their department. They just want everybody to know we went to school. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't set your life's priorities by those who don't have goals. Not everybody you see alive has a goal to make something out of their life. There are people whose philosophy is forget it, just enjoy life. Something we came out one day. Let's just die. That, I mean, and that person is your best friend. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are those who believe that if you have money today, spend it, you don't know what will happen tomorrow. That kind of person, if they are close to you, will never, never invest. What is the overriding philosophy of the man who is close to you? There are people who are not passionate about the kingdom. They think that we can do God's thing at our own time. So when you make up your mind on who you want to become, you pursue those dictates. And you know the funny thing about life? When God starts helping you and you start working in the path of greatness, what are people going to say? You are lucky. Mm. It's because you are here. It's because this happened. It's because that happened. Nobody ever says it's because you made the right choice. You must establish your priorities in your life. Wisdom starts by prioritizing your time. Because your life is measured by time. Your life is measured by time. So wisdom is prioritizing your time. In Mark chapter 1 verse 35, we find the story of Jesus. Jesus got up early in the morning and he went to spend time with the Father. He prioritized prayer. Mark 1 35. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went to a secluded place and was praying there. Jesus prioritized prayer. You know, today we'll keep encouraging people, read the word of God. Pray, try your best. You know, nowadays we've made it look like serving God, you're doing the pastor a favor. How many of you know that? Hmm? Why were you not in church today? Ah, I will try, I will try. I'll be seeing your call. I will try. <laughs> Joker. Hmm? Because as you're coming to church now, the more you come to church, hmm? the more God is giving me money. Or as you're coming to church now, it is for my good that you are getting blessed. So we make serving, and I've told, I've told all my I've told all my team people. Anybody who is not showing commitment, let them be. This is one church that nobody will force you to serve God. In fact, this church is arranged in two ways. If you just want to come and hear message and go home, we have a membership for that. If you want to come and get involved, we have a membership for that. So oh, you people, we are to my crown in heaven. I don't want crown. Just leave your... I mean, you know, it's, it's very funny. It's almost like, yeah, it's so that we will have big crown. If I say I don't want to wear crown. I don't want crown. <laughs> I, mean, every, I mean, there are 7 billion people in the world. 3 billion people are Christians. If, if 2.99 and something people wear crown, and I'm the only one that is not wearing crown, we are in heaven. You just know that crownless man, he used to be my pastor in Bonnie. No problem. We'll all be fine. You Listen... Don't live your life as if when you make the right choices, you are helping someone. You are helping your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even as husbands and wives, don't make it look like, if I did this, if I did this, is, is my wife, I'm happy. No, you are helping yourself. Because in as much as you are married, in as much as you are friends with someone, it is your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Have you gone to, you know, 
It's very funny. But you know, oh, <laughs> have you, you know, when people die sometimes, right? People die. Then people are crying. Oh no. Oh, this person has died. Ah, let me just die with them. Let me just. And then they're, they're running to the grave. They're running towards the grave. Then people start holding them. Ah, no, no. Pray one prayer. Just pray one prayer. That I'm not around you that time. Eh? <laughs> just pray that prayer. I'm not around you. Oh, I will die with them. I will die with them. See, just leave them. Hmm? He says it's not their clear eye. It's because they are feeling bad. You will know it's their clear eye. They will run to that place and, and skip, skip the grave. Or by the time they fall inside and hit the coffin and the reality hits them, they will start crying to come out. What I'm trying to say is this. No matter how you love someone, you cannot replace their life. It's your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's your life. Even if somebody wants to help you, they will not help you more than they help themselves. It is what they have finished using to help themselves. It's what is left over to use to help you. It's your life. Take responsibility. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even as children, take responsibility. Greatness is not just transferable by bearing the same name. See the prodigal son. He got his father's wealth, divided into two. What happened? He started eating with pigs. He now said, my father's servants are not even eating this kind of food. Thank God he remembered. And thank God he had a father who welcomed him. If you have some fathers, when they are coming by, say, where are you coming to? You say, I've wasted the words. He say, when I was telling you, go back. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Uh, in Mark chapter 3, verse 14, Jesus took his apostles that he would be with them. They would be with him so he would send them to preach. And he appointed twelve so that they would be with him that he could send them out to preach. The first thing Jesus prioritized over his disciples was what? Not their preaching. What did they prioritize? Their preparation. Preparation precedes manifestation. Are you hearing me? Preparation does what? I didn't hear you. Preparation. Everybody say preparation. Precedes manifestation. Yeah. The first thing about life is to prepare for it. Are you following this? Prepare for it. That desire you have, prepare for it. You want to be a big businessman. You want to be a good technological expert. You want to be this, you want to be that. Ask yourself, this thing I want to become, what preparation is required for it? And give yourself to the demands of that preparation. You want to be a good music person? What's the preparation? You want to be an effective leader? What's the preparation? Prioritize preparation. Don't, don't put um, emphasis on manifestation. Don't put emphasis on showcasing. Prioritize your preparation. Jesus took the twelve. First of all, that they would be with him. For three and a half years, he spent time training them, grooming them. Jesus did ministry for three and a half years. How many years did he spend preparing? 30 years. For 30 years, he preached no sermon. For 30 years, he didn't heal any sick person. For 30 years, he, didn't, he just had a habit of going to the synagogue to read the Bible, to ask questions and answers. What was Jesus doing? He was prioritizing his preparation. That future you want to get into, are you prepared for it? I'm asking you, are you prepared for it? That future you want to get into. That life you want to live, if they really ask you, are you ready for it? Are you prepared for it? Hmm? You want to live a great life. Are you prepared for it? Have you, have you prepared yourself for that future? You know, sometimes we say, oh, I want to have money. I want to have money. If money comes to you now, are you ready? Do you know what to do with it? Somebody say, yes, I know what to do with it. The little that came, with, came to you, what did you do with it? The last large money that came to your life, what's, what's the evidence you have? You know, when we came into town, first, first time we came into town to pan out the work, uh, a, a brother blessed us with a huge sum of money, gave it to us. And uh, we started the bookshop. We started the bookshop. And 
we started the bookshop down at UBA then. We stayed there for a couple of years and moved here. And that time it was very funny. I think I've told some of you the story. Uh, well, church wasn't as big as this. Sometimes I'll go to the bookshop to work. So I'll be there. Because we looked at if we hired a salesperson, we'll not be able to get a bit of profit. So I would go sell in the morning. And then, you know, some people would come. And probably they have discussed with Sister Mary. So they thought she's the, well, not the thought, she's the owner. So I'm, I was working for her. <laughs> then they will come and say, ah, we have discussed with your madam. And then they will call her and say, ah, we saw your sales boy. <laughs> you know, and all of that. <laughs> it was very funny. But you know, we, it wasn't a big deal. I don't even, I mean, you know, even if you call me a sales boy, right, it's, it doesn't change anything. I mean, it's only that she should not call me a sales boy. But, I mean, if everybody in this world calls me a sales boy, and I go home and she now says sales boy, then that's where there will be a problem. But if, I, if everybody calls me sales boy, and I go home and say this is my husband, I don't have a problem. Because that does not change who I am. You cannot have pride and preparation in the same place. This self thing, a whole me, a whole me, a whole me, relax. You are not yet a whole number. Relax. Don't, don't be so full of pride that you cannot humble yourself to build your life. Some of you would have to take lower jobs and build your way up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's how we started the bookshop until we have the bookshop today. What am I trying to say? If we had spent all of that money, we would not have a bookshop. Sometimes you have to deny yourself certain things. You know, I was thinking of something today, but I was just thinking, ah, no. You know, you have to deny yourself of certain things so you can prepare for that future. That money you want to use to go and buy that stuff, if you put it somewhere else, would it benefit you more? There are some of you now that should have been in school. The only reason you cannot go to school here, you want to say, where are you? I mean, you are. I mean, bad, I mean, bad on based. Ibadan based, you have been looking for admission for 10 years. You want to be Ibadan based. Every time you write you are, you are exam, they want 35, you have 15. They want 35, you have 15. They want 35, you have 16. Some year you even have 17. Then the other year you come down to 14. You will not start building up again. You want to be Ibadan based, Ibadan based, Ibadan based. It's 9 years. If you have gone to polytechnic here, you would have graduated and have a job. You have not crossed 20. All this unrealistic, illusory mindset about life. Pay attention to this. Are you still here? Are you prepared for the future you want to participate in? You want a great life. Are you ready for it? Are you disciplined for it? That opportunity, I'm talking about opportunities next week. That opportunity you are praying God for, if it comes your way, are you ready? So you have to prioritize your preparation. You know where you're going. You know what God wants to do in your life. Prioritize preparation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You want to be a financial guru in the future. Start reading financial books. There are people who get married today, they have not read any books on children, on, on parenting children. All they have done is just to watch films. Hmm? They just know. When I have my child, I will not allow the child to cry. When I, they, just have, they just have all kinds of things. Ah, my child will not cry. Ah, my child's leg will not touch the floor. Oh, my baby. Then all they just want, they will build a you know, bed for the child and put doll and put pink. Oh, it's a girl, it's a girl, it's a princess. That's all they just know. How to raise a child, zero. You give them a book on how to raise a child. Say, ah, this book is much. Oh. Is it just for one child? Hmm? And then before you know, to just go through Facebook and get ideas from all kinds of people. And what they are doing essentially is experimenting with a human being. In the name of raising a child. Why are you doing what you are doing? This one said, that one said, this one said. Everyone, there's no preparation. 
on how to be a parent. Because most of us in our generation feel that the preparation of parenthood is the ability to have sex. No knowledge, no grooming, no internship. Nothing. Men are not trained to become fathers. No preparation. All they just know as man of God, it has happened. What happened? Uh, She's pregnant. Okay, how will we do it now? We marry. No preparation to be a father. Hmm? No preparation to handle the emotional demands of a woman who is pregnant. You just think all those ones you watch in film where the woman is pregnant and is getting up from the bed with makeup. Eh? You, the, the woman is pregnant. Then she gets up from the bed, but her makeup is intact. You think that's how your wife will be too? And they are not shocked when you now get married and at two o'clock your wife says she wants to eat snail with the back on it. <laughs> are you prepared for the future you want to get to? Praise God. Are you ready? That vision you have, have you prepared for it? Sometimes some people meet my wife. Oh, I want to marry a pastor. Are you ready? Hmm? Or you just want to appear in photographs as first lady and hang on the man's neck and let the people know I'm here too. You know, that's the most easiest part of being a pastor's wife. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? Have you prioritized preparation? The first step to establishing priorities in your life is to be honest with yourself. Is to be honest with yourself. The first step to establishing priorities in your life is to be honest with yourself. Priorities help to, number one, reduce indecision about where to dedicate your time. Priorities help you to reduce indecision about where to, where to dedicate your time. Priorities help to reduce indecision about where to dedicate your time. Number two, it helps you to structure your day in a meaningful way. So when you have priorities, you can structure your day in a meaningful way. Number three, it, priorities will help you to easily say yes or no when you get requests from other people. So, what can you do? It's a yes or I can't do this. Your priorities will help you. Number four, I'll, go, I'll, come, 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 I'll do it again. Number four, priorities help you to create proper boundaries. So, let's go over them again. Number one, priorities will reduce indecision about where to dedicate your time. Number two, priorities would, um, would help you to structure your day in a meaningful way. Number three, priorities would make it easy for you to say yes or no when you get requests from others. Okay? Then number four, priorities will help you to create proper boundaries. If you didn't get it, get the message and listen to it up to this point, then copy it. Time is more valuable than money because once it's spent, it is gone forever. Rich or poor, we all get the same amount of what? Of time. Two things are very key. Follow this now. Two things are key. Number one, who you give your time and what you give your time to. Who you give your time. Who you spend time with. And what you give your time to will determine your life. Please pay attention here. Number one, who you give your time to. That means who is occupying most of your time. And what you give your time to will determine what you will become in life. I gave an example. If we want Mr. Alex to be a medical doctor, what will happen? He would have to give his time to study of books and give his time to listening to his lecturers. What that means is, if Mr. Alex wants to become a medical doctor, he would spend more time listening to professors of medicine. Am I right? Come and talk to me, church. Am I right? And give his time to what? Books. What's going to happen? At the end of the day, he becomes a doctor. Let's say you go to the hospital and they said, well, you have, well, not you. Someone goes to the hospital and say, well, there's this disease that will need surgery. Huh? They now said, 
this doctor studied in so so and so medical training school. He had some of the best professors teaching. This one actually is created to be a doctor, but he spent most of his times in a mechanic workshop, you know, with one of the best guys who repairs Honda. But God actually has anointed him to be a doctor. Which of them would you allow to perform surgery on you? Yeah? Which of them? The one that God called? Eh? Come on, I said the one that God called? Or imagine you're on the surgery table and someone wants to perform surgery and he said, well, let us pray. This, I've not performed surgery before. I actually studied, I actually studied physics, but by the grace of God, what God cannot do does not exist. I'm going to operate you. Come on, how many of you will agree for that one to operate you? You will say, well, I know God exists. I know God does miracles. But if you are my pastor, I will say yes. You know, when we pray for you here in church, we don't tell you, well, we pray for you in the name of Jesus. We don't tell you, well, I'm a medical doctor, right? But if you go to the hospital, you're not expecting somebody to perform surgery for you in the name of Jesus. When you go to the hospital, you expect a doctor who has read his books to perform surgery on you. Who you give your time to, what you give your time to, will determine to a large extent, not will determine to a large extent, will ultimately determine who you will become in life. Number one, you cannot give the same amount of time to everything in your life. you, You have to apportion your time. You cannot give the same amount of time to everything in your life. To succeed today, you have to set priorities and decide what you stand for. What is going to have the greater amount of your time? The best portion of your time, what's going to have it? What are you going to commit your best time to? Number two, you cannot give your best time to frivolities. Too many of us are busy giving big time to small tasks. You cannot give your best time to just play entertainment. You cannot give the same amount of time to everything in life. Why don't you give your best time to the things that will make you go forward? Let's say this quickly. Let's go through this quickly. See if I can finish now. You must prioritize your spiritual, the spiritual over the natural. Prioritize your spiritual over natural. Spiritual things are powerful. They actually control and shape the natural. In Matthew 6.33, Jesus says, We should seek first the kingdom of God. I'm going to go through this quickly. Please make sure you get the message and listen to it again. Number one, prioritize giving God the first moments in your mornings to prayer and to feeding on the word of God. Psalm 63 verse 1 says, Early will I seek thee. Prioritize giving your mornings to feeding on the word of God. Let me tell you something. It will change your life. What about if you get up in the morning while you are getting ready for work? Put one of these messages on. Probably before you finish and do everything, the message will almost be done. Prioritize that. Before you go to bed at night, why don't you play a message? Why don't you read the word of God? Why don't you feed yourself with God's word? Why do we get so busy in life we don't have time for God and yet we want to be successful? Why do we get so busy in life we don't have time for the things of God and yet we want to make a mark? Why does everything else take our time except the things of God? Number two, prioritize the advancement of the kingdom above your personal needs. Put the kingdom of God first. Put the kingdom of God first. In Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 1 to 7, Nehemiah had a job as a cupbearer. He had a job as a cupbearer. What happened? When he learned Jerusalem was in ruins, he felt bad. He could have said, well, I have a good job. I don't care what happens to Jerusalem. After all, I'm working for the king. No. Prioritize the kingdom of God. When you come to church and you see things in church not properly done, or a department not functioning effectively, why don't you prioritize? I'll be of help to my pastor. I'll be of help to the local church. Why don't you give those things priority in your life? John chapter 9 verse 4, Jesus prioritized the kingdom. Jesus prioritized the kingdom. You see, when... um, 
when 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 Jesus was um, with the woman at the well, all right, you know what happened? He was hungry, but he also prioritized what teaching that woman, sharing the gospel with that woman. Prioritize spiritual relationships. Galatians six ten. Prioritize spiritual relationships. The Bible says if we have opportunity to do good, let's do it, especially to those in the household of faith. Prioritize your spiritual relationships. So then while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who have the household of faith. Prioritize your brothers and sisters in the local church. I want you, I'll give you four action steps and we're done. I want you today to go back and sit and evaluate your priorities. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What are you going to give most of your time to? Eliminate certain things that are taking your time and not moving you forward. Stop doing some things. Leave some associations. Leave some networks. Leave some gangs. Allow certain things to die so you can resurrect the few things that God wants you to resurrect. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some friendships have to go. Some relationships have to just be let go. Greatness would require time. Four things. Action step. Number one, decide which spiritual activities you need to prioritize and make them non-negotiable. What are the spiritual activities I need to prioritize? Make it non-negotiable. Prayer and reading the word of God. Don't be a Christian that you have to remind about those things. Get up in the morning. The first thing in the morning is not to check Facebook. The first thing in the morning is to go to God in prayers. Thank Him for the gift of a brand new day. Spend time with your Father. Number two, decide which relationships are the most profitable and bring them up the top. Decide what sort of investment you would make to nurture those relationships. Endeavor to prioritize healthy, mutually benefiting relationships. Relationships that are not making you have progress. Walk away from them. Evaluate every relationship and ask yourself, in all honesty, what is this relationship bringing into my life? Is this aiding my work with God? Number three, decide what things you would eliminate or the things you would delegate. Or the things you will review. You can't do everything. Hmm? Decide what you will eliminate. What you will delegate. Or what you would review. Number four. What things are you doing now. That are wrong priorities. Things that you are investing much time. But they are bringing little results. I'll tell you this. At the end of the day. You can't blame anyone if you fail. There's so much available in this world to make us excel. You have the Word of God. You have God's Word. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the discipline of the teachings we've given. Books have been there. I want to challenge you this evening. Prioritize the Word of God. Review your life and make priorities. I believe that God has placed in everyone seated here the seed of greatness. Don't let it fail. Don't be that unfruitful garden that the Lord has planted and it didn't bring good fruits. The seed of greatness is in every one of us. And if there's something I'm doing right now in my life is I've made up my mind to commit to the process that I will not disappoint my generation that I will not disappoint those who follow me that I will not disappoint the gift and the grace of God that he has placed on my life I'll talk to you about familiarity on Sunday and opportunities on Wednesday but I beg you in the name of God take these messages and apply them I believe that on the day of judgment you would have to contend with these things I'm teaching you because then you would have no excuse God will point them out to you that you were taught there is no excuse for failure so go back home tonight sit with yourself 
and be honest. And reprioritize your life. Bring the things that matter to the forefront. Eliminate some things. Allow some things to go. And give yourself the opportunity to be who God has created you to be. Let's pray. Father, thank you. I ask, Lord, that you would help every one of us to come to this place in God. I'm asking, Lord Jesus Christ, where we will prioritize the things that you're teaching us. And we will bring our lives and the seed that you've planted in us, the seed of greatness will come forth. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.